hopefully it'll open some people's eyes that, you know, there's, I don't have an agenda to, you know, make your kids trans or <laughs> whatever. Um, my agenda is purely to spread joy and just be a good person, to be a good human and to treat people with respect and dignity and um, just spread the love of Christmas. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. Santa Claus is coming to town, but don't assume that the person shimmying down the chimney will be an old white man with a bushy beard who has long been cast in the role of St. Nick. Santa Camp is a new documentary from HBO Max about an effort to have diverse representation of Santa Claus. The story begins at the annual summer camp of the New England Santa Society, which represents over a hundred Christmas performers. The Santas recognize that they don't look like many of the communities that they serve. So they reach out and bring in three new Santas, a black Santa from Arkansas, a transgender Santa from Chicago, and a disabled Santa from Barrie, Vermont. Today we're joined by the directors and main characters of Santa Camp, Nick Sweeney is the award-winning director and producer. Stacy Reese is an Emmy award-winning filmmaker. Chris Kennedy is a black Santa from Arkansas. Finn Chipara from Barry, Vermont, is a Santa with spina bifida who communicates via an iPad and with the help of his mother, Suki, who also joins us. And Levi Truex is a trans Santa from Chicago. I began by asking director Nick Sweeney where he got the idea to do a documentary about Santa Claus. Um, I had finished making a, a quite heavy documentary called AKA Jane Roe about um, the abortion debate in America. And I was really wanting to do something that was, you know, kind of different tonally, something more fun and accessible. And I became very curious about how Santa Clauses learn to be Santa. Um, this is back in late 2020. And so I started to do a little bit of research about how, um, how, you know, Santas learn to learn their craft. And I found out that there were a couple of different Santa schools, but that there was a Santa summer camp in addition to that. And my mind immediately, you know, as a documentary maker, started spinning like how how could there be a summer camp for santas and like what happens there and what do they learn and um and so i made contact with the organizers of it and asked them you know all of these questions like what happens there and who goes and they said that you know up to a hundred santas go to this summer camp and they sleep in bunks and they sit around a campfire and um i just thought that sounded incredible um, and what they also said, which was even more interesting, was that they were starting to get requests for Santas from different backgrounds and that there was a push to make the membership of the Santa Society as well as the summer camp more diverse and, um, and that they had been wanting to do outreach to Santas from different backgrounds. So that's what really kind of got me very interested in it, that it had this incredible visual element and also that they were grappling with these bigger issues that were being um, talked about across America, not just in the Santa community. So you began by just wanting to make a movie about Santas and the diversity story, which is, of course, the heart of this and what is so compelling. 
that you just sort of stumbled upon that. I stumbled upon it. Dan Greenleaf, the organizer of the Santa Society, said that, um, you know, he'd been getting phone calls asking, do you have black Santas or do you have Santas who are, you know, LGBT um, and who might have insight into, um, you know, how Santa can uh, fulfill the needs of different communities. Um, so, yeah, they had been having those debates and and the, those questions had been coming up more and more. And remember that this was in late 2020. These were issues that were really um, bubbling to the surface um, in all aspects of um American life and you know throughout the world so I think that's part of why these questions were coming up for the Santa for the Santa society more and more Stacy what surprised you as you got into this because this story was unfolding in real time as you did this documentary you were following not leading the story I think I mean first of all when Nick approached me about joining to make the film with him again remember this was we were coming out of deep COVID and we had all been you know quarantined in our homes and um the idea of making a film about something as joyous as Santa Claus and going to camp um, with a bunch of filmmakers and all of these you know holiday performers just seemed like a great celebra celebratory way to sort of come out of this you know deep dark fog that we had all been in what I didn't expect was that anyone would find this anything but joyful and exciting. I think when we started to hit some opposition along the way with this idea that, you know, Santa should be for everyone and everyone, you know, should see themselves in Santa. I was frankly surprised at, at some of the pushback that we got. And the pushback that we see in the movie or just even to making a, a documentary about a diverse range of Santas? You know, the pushback that we see in the film, and I don't want to spoil any of the scenes for people listening to this who are then hopefully going to go watch this on HBO Max. But, you know, I think that that was surprising to me. Obviously, it makes for good storytelling in our film. There's a lot of drama and tension. and um, But I thought more people kind of out in the world would be welcoming to this idea. And many are very welcoming. I think it's a very few that aren't. Let me clarify that. Um, well, that uh, leads, in my mind, uh, Black Santa. It, all three stories are very powerful. But uh, Chris, talk about the experience that led you to become Black Santa. Well, um, you know, it, it's bared out in the movie that I received a um, racist letter for my yard decorations um what we don't really cover is like that the reason that i decorate is because my dad did it um, when i was a kid he decorated homes and so that's where my love of christmas came from is from the stuff that i did with my father and um you know 2020 was a year of protests and just tons of different things that made people have to see others and um, I had put out um, my decorations for years before and had never had any issues. Um, as a matter of fact, there were families that would generally come by, genuinely come by our house just to see the decorations. Um, so after I got the letter, um, you know, I had a couple of friends that are like, yeah, we want to come by and take pictures with your Santa Claus. And then someone was like, we, we need to find a black Santa. And my family, we had always, we had been looking for one 
The closest one to us was, uh, of course, it was in Houston. Uh, it's an eight-hour drive. Um, and so I decided I would just dress up as Santa Claus for my friends that wanted that. Um, and, you know, pictures got posted. And, of course, the story is going viral and, and different things. And I think that's how um, the, the folks at Santa Camp found me was because of the viral nature of the story but also the pictures of me as Santa. It was, it was something that I wanted to do for my daughter uh, and uh, for my friends um, that were close to us. So you're saying that the nearest black Santa that you knew of was eight hours away? Yes, the nearest black Santa to me, uh, and I'm located in, in Little Rock, uh, nearest professional black Santa was in Houston, um, or there was one in Atlanta. Um, and again, that's eight, nine, 10 hours or a flight so then when you take a flight, it gets into, you know, goes from, you know, a tank of gas to hundreds of dollars to go and have pictures with Santa, uh, plus whatever you're paying for the actual pictures with Santa. So it was something that I knew was necessary for, uh, for our community, for our area. And that's what pushed me to do it. Chris, did you think that being a black Santa would be controversial? Um because of the nature of me having to search for black decorations yes absolutely i knew that it would be controversial because um it is very very hard just to find uh, it's hard to find a simple ornament uh, there are companies that definitely carry them and when they have them they sell out really fast but in general it is i can't walk into walmart and uh easily find a black santa at all so you know that I, I knew that me being black santa uh would be controversial for some and for those people that um have a problem with it, it they're not who i'm appealing to i'm appealing to families who want diversity and want to see themselves represented uh, or their adoptive kids want to see themselves uh represented um that's that's what I'm here for. I'm not here for the naysayers. I'm here for the families that genuinely want to um, want to see themselves. Talk about the mix, the variety of reactions that you got as you publicized that you were going to be appearing as a black Santa. Um, I I personally did not receive uh, very much backlash um, or I, I, anything that I can actually remember. Um, I do know that from the past attendance at the, uh, Northern Lights Festival, that it was definitely down. Um, I like to see the good in everyone and assume that it was down because there was starting to be a COVID spike at the time. Mm. But, uh, also reality is that there were just a lot of families that did not want to have photos with Black Santa. Um, and, you know, I feel sorry for those people, um because their kids would have had a great experience. Uh, all of the other events that I've worked since then, kids um, that don't look like me don't care. They're just happy to see Santa. Um, I just did the Northern Lights Festival again this year and the amount of children that, you know, when, when you're giving them a hug, greet them, they're like, Santa, you look, you, you're brown like me. Um, and, and it brings joy to your heart to see that. Um, because kids just want to they they want to see santa they want to believe in santa and um and that's what we're here to do is, is to make children happy not adults 
Where is the Northern Lights Festival? The Northern Lights Festival is actually located on the Argenta Plaza here in North Little Rock, right outside of uh, my actual office building. Um, so it's a, it's a full circle thing. I only have to drive about three miles to get to work. So um, everything is literally right here. I, I come here to work and I come here to be Santa. So it, I think it's kind of a, a bit of poetic justice that uh, someone tried to destroy our joy as a family, and I still get to bring joy to other families. So, Chris, in the in Santa Camp movie, we see images of your neighbor across the street behind a, a high stockade fence flies a Confederate flag. What's that about? And how common is that in where you live to see Confederate flags? Well, um, they're not across the street. They're directly next door. Um, so the, there, there's part of the video where you can literally, we're in my daughter's bedroom and you can see the Confederate flag from her bedroom. You can see it from my office. It's around us everywhere we go, um, just being in our home. Um, it's actually, it's not as common anymore to see Confederate flags, but growing up, it was, um, it, they were everywhere. Um, my high school that I played football at, our rival, their, um, their school song was Dixie, and they had Confederate flags. Up until two years ago, one of the other uh, high schools across town, Robert E. Lee High School, and they had uh, the world's largest confederate flag and they would unfurl it at football games so it's very common um i know that a lot of people think that it's done for hyperbole but it, it's still common um there it's 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 the south and there's a lot of people that hold on to um things that they've been taught that aren't necessarily true um and you know you just you just end up dealing with it as a as a part of life hmm. Chris, why didn't you back down? Why didn't the, you know, the the racist letter that you received um, make you decide to kind of keep your head down, but instead it made you pick your head up in a pretty big way and pick your head up wearing a red hat and, and a Santa outfit? Well, let's be clear, the red hat is a Santa hat, um, you know, uh, but... I, I consider myself an activist. I protested all during 2020. Um, I actually personally think that the person was more upset about my Black Lives Matter flag flying right behind my, uh, my yard decorations than the actual decorations themselves. Um, the reason I don't back down is because, you know, pardon the expression, but my mama didn't raise no punk and I, you're not fixing to intimidate me. I, I'm six foot tall. I play defensive line. I I get my nose dirty. I, I know how to get my nose dirty, but I also know that um, something like this, I have to protect the innocence of my daughter. And um, you're not going to steal my joy. Um, I, I, in life, I've been through a lot, and um, a racist letter isn't going to stop me from from having fun. I want to turn now to Finn Chipara and his mother, Suki, from Barrie, Vermont. Santa Finn describes himself as a, quote, professional special needs Santa, close quote. He communicates via iPad and with the help of his mom. 
Finn and Suki, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. And um, uh, of course, listeners can't see the fact that you are decked out in your Christmas reds and Finn has got a, I believe, a Christmas vest on. Finn, tell me, why do you like playing Santa? I love Santa because his elves work together and his magic. Suki, could you explain the technology that Finn uses to communicate? So um, Finbar uses um, an iPad with an app on it from the uh, Sautio Dynavox system, which we used augmentative communication devices all of his life to, for Finn to use. But um, now because of technology, the way things have changed, you don't really need a dedicated device anymore. Uh, and it's just an application on an iPad that um, he can type into, and then the voice comes out. So hmm. you want to try? You want to try that again? What, so what was the question again? Well, my next question is: What do you, Finn? What do you want people who watch the movie that you were in, Santa Camp? What do you want them to learn from what you did, being Santa Finn? Believe in your dreams and don't give up. Be nice to people who are different. Finn, when you are Santa out in the world, who comes to see you? Who comes to see the special needs Santa, as you call him? When people meet me, I want them to feel welcome. We, we see lots of different people. We go to... Um... Uh, nursing homes and um, do our thing uh, there with uh, elders, which I think is really an important piece. We also have two days up at the Berlin Mall, right? Are you going to be at the Berlin Mall? Uh, I will be at the Berlin Mall on December 16th and 17th. We, we invite all of our friends with disabilities to uh, come visit us at the mall. And it just makes for a real sort of comfortable day where folks know they know us and they know that they can just feel really comfortable and roll up and have a good time. And so we do that. We haven't done it for two years. So this will be fun to be back there. Finn, I know uh, when you were in the River of Light parade in Waterbury, why, what did that mean to you? Why was that important to you, to be in a parade as Santa? I was in a parade and everyone cheered for me when they saw me and that made me happy. Suki, <laughs> what, was, what did it mean for you? Well, we, we also know a lot of folks in the community and they sure came out and they sure cheered and it, it meant a lot, you know? Uh, it was Finn's dream to be in a parade and, uh, you know, MK and the um, Makers Sphere folks, you know, allowed us to be there last year um, and be part of it. It's always been a parade that I find visually appealing. And it's also one of the only parades in the area during that time of year, but we're hoping to change that. I'm working with Montpelier Alive talking about um, and the mayor of Barrie got in touch with us the other day when he saw the movie. And so we're hoping to create um, our own parade next year in either the Montpelier area or in Barrie. My friend Janice Walrafen, who runs All Species Day, is going to uh, 
help us create something. So um, on December 9th, we are renting the Savoy Theater in Montpelier. And uh, we're going to be showing the movie to all of our friends and family. And then we're going to have a little after party uh, that's going to be uh, put on by the Green Mountain Self-Advocates. And Santa Finn is going to arrive on his magical sleigh. We've gotten permission from the city of Montpelier to uh, stop traffic for a couple of minutes. And Finn's going to arrive on his magical sleigh with a retinue of elves and reindeer. Wow, that will be quite a sight. Um, maybe uh, either Suki or Finn could say a word about what is Finn's disability? What is the, you know, the special challenge of being a Santa for him? When I was little, I had brain surgery for my spina bifida. So spina so, bifida. Is yeah, it was a rare form. Usually it's lower on the spine, but Finn's was um, on the base of his skull. So instead of being uh, a quadriplegic, although they told me that after brain surgery, he might be one. Um, so it was kind of scary. Uh, he was two years old when he had his um, brain surgery at Boston's Children's. But, um, you know, Finn's uh, worked really hard all of his life uh, with physical therapy and speech therapy, occupational therapy, all through from preschool, right straight through. And he still goes to PT and he works really hard. And the doctors tell me that it's just his own determination that there really isn't any real reason why he does so well, but he does, you know, he really wanted to uh, be a whole happy, thriving person. And he certainly is. So I think that believing in things and believing in miracles and making them happen with a lot of hard work is pretty much how Finn's MO has run all of these years. And uh, he's shown everybody that, uh, you know, he can rise above and do the things that he wants to do. Is that true? Believe in your dreams and don't give up. It's pretty much Finn right there. <laughs> well, um, let me circle back to the director's Stacy, what were what was a special challenge in making this? You were covering a lot of ground, uh, moving between three very different types of communities, from Arkansas to Vermont to uh, Levi was in Chicago. Is was it? Yeah, Chicago. The Trans Santa. Um, yeah. What were challenges that came up? Well, as um, you know, as the producer of the film, it's all the, you know, behind the scenes logistics that you're responsible, everything from making sure that everyone was COVID testing, because that was a big thing that we had to handle, which was a huge undertaking for every single shoot to make sure that we kept everyone on our crew and also the people in our film safe. But I would say that, you know, going to camp for four days in the woods in New Hampshire with you know, close to a hundred Santas, you know, and especially the ones that are featured in our film and making sure we captured every, you know, bell ringing in the morning to kayaking on the lake to, I mean, it was like a, quite a production. And so, you know, with that, we, we were really organized. We, you know, Nick knew exactly what he wanted to capture. We broke up in teams, you know, we needed to make sure that we got, you know, when Finn arrived in the car and when Chris arrived and, you know, there's a lot of coordination that goes into all of that. So um, we had a great crew on this and, you know, it was a lot of fun riding around in golf carts with walkie talkies, kind of like, here comes Finn in the parking lot, you know, here, you know, that was kind of what was going on. So right. that was a challenge, but also a really fun challenge to pull off. 
Chris, I want to talk to you about your arrival at Santa Camp in New Hampshire, where the, you are coming into a group of Santas who is predictably old and white, and you're the first black Santa that they've met. What did what did that feel like to you to arrive in that setting? It's uh, it's a setting that's not actually all that unusual. Um, I have grown up in primarily white spaces, so I'm, it's easy for me to na navigate. Um, so it, you know, it really wasn't that strange. The, the strangest thing is that there's a hundred Santas. That's that's more of the strange thing than uh, than being around, you know, people that don't look like me. As you have gone around being a professional black Santa, what are some of the responses that you've got from? the people you meet, the families and the kids who you meet? Um, the responses that I've gotten have been absolutely incredible. Um, I just had a family post how their son talked about getting to meet me all week. And um, when I was talking to him, he's like, he, he was just so happy that uh, Santa looked like him. And he's like, you're brown like me. And and uh be said i love you r repeatedly and you know that's uh that's some of the great things that you you get out of the job of being santa claus um i worked at sugar plum ball uh which was a daddy daughter dance uh for uh cartoc cancer center here um and you know that was a primarily uh caucasian crowd and those girls were just happy to see santa and wanting to like tug on the beard and and have their pictures with santa and uh their dads were so happy that i was there um the organizers were happy because the, the santas that they've used in the past have just been like i mean they've been crotchety and kind of old i mean i'm relatively young and so i'll get i got up and danced with the girls and and you know you you have to make the kids feel um incredible they're they're the superstars it, santa's just a part of the experience but you can make their their entire night by being loving and 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 showing uh the joy that you get out of the job chris what do you feel that santa symbolizes uh i feel that santa symbolizes hope um peace and love uh, there's nothing more hopeful than um, wishing for a certain gift for Christmas. Uh, peace, because Santa travels throughout many different countries and speaks many different languages. So he's a uniter in that way. Um, I think that um, the, the symbol of Santa and the um, celebration of Christmas is about unity as a community. We should all want um our kids and our families to love each other and to be together and to be happy um if nothing else for more than uh a few hours a year at christmas time hmm. nick i want to ask you um in the course of the film and as you're following these diverse santas around you encounter some there's a really tense scene uh with trans santa levi um, where the Proud Boys show up. Tell me about that scene. You you didn't know that they were going to be there, I assume. No, I mean, when, when I set out in uh, 2021 to make a movie about Christmas, I never thought for one second that I'd be standing face-to-face -face with the Proud Boys. Um, 
what happened was the um, the transgender Santa that we were following named Levi had a his first his first big event as the Santa Claus and um, the Proud Boys in Chicago found out about it and they had sent you see in the film um, that that they had sent um, what the organizers describe as as threatening emails to them um, about potentially showing up. What had happened was in Chicago, a, a group had um, learned about the event and had started to to uh, try to get people to show up to protest it. And so the event ended up changing venues. Um, and even with the, the change of venue, the Proud Boys still showed up and it was very shocking and very surreal and very bizarre. I mean, you know, they were calling themselves the Proud Boy Elves and... Um, they were talking about how a trans person depicting Santa Claus is an example of communism and Marxism, which doesn't even make any sense. I mean, you know, it was it was both confronting and very scary, but also quite surreal and bizarre because, you know, the Proud Boys had their own Santa Claus with them. Um, and at one point they started caroling. So it was a very strange experience. And you can see in the footage that it's, you know, it's disconcerting and, and disturbing, but also it has this kind of strange Christmas tinge to it because they are, you know, as I said, calling themselves Proud Boy Elves. It's very odd. And there is an exchange, and I don't know if it's you who's um, kind of engaging with them, where one of them is saying, you know, uh, put Santa back in the Bible. You shouldn't do anything that's not in the Bible. And we hear an off-camera voice, maybe yours, saying, Santa's not in the Bible. Yeah, at one point they were kind of, um, you know, going on and on and on about all of their objections to what was happening, that there was an event where, you know, LGBTQ plus kids and families were meeting a transgender Santa. And and one of the Proud Boys said, you know, the Bible that I, like the Bible that I read, one of the Proud Boys said, um, the Bible that I read says that this is a sin. And all I could think was but Santa's not in the Bible. Um, which they were kind of, I, I couldn't tell if they were surprised or if they thought Santa was in the Bible or, you know, it, it's difficult to, to tell, but they certainly, um, stopped, stopped talking after that <laughs> briefly. Were you afraid that the situation was going to turn violent? Uh, Stacey, I think has a better insight into the, um, I mean, I have been in touch with the organizers to plan the event pretty much daily, just to make sure that we knew um, where we were setting up and how people were going to find out about it. And it was, it was the event was meant to be private for people who were invited that could RSVP, and it was at um, this church location. But once the organizers learned um, after their Facebook post that the Proud Boys were planning to attend and let me know, we started planning for what do we do if this happens and make sure, again, you know, as the producer, that everyone is safe. Um, that we're going to have an event that's going to invite young children and their families to, you know, celebrate the holidays and that something joyful and that nothing bad would happen. And, um, you know, we worked with Warner Media, HBO Max's parent company, to hire private security. And, um, you know, even the event was moved from one church to another church, and only the people that had RSVP'd knew where the new location was. So, you know, we felt. Um, we felt safe, but we were still nervous. You know, we were made sure that we had everything in place. 
Um, after the event, we learned that the local police had been alerted and there were undercover police, you know, circling the entire church area. But we didn't know that until after it was over. Um, but I think everyone felt safe. It was, you know, it was definitely ranks pretty high on, you know, shoots that were stressful and, you know, a little scary for me, for sure. Right. And we'll hear from Trans Santa Levi um, shortly um, to hear what it was like. Uh, for him, the whole experience. Chris, I wonder, uh, as the Black Santa, part of this experience involved you meeting diverse Santas that perhaps you haven't met before. How did this experience change you or open your eyes? I don't know if you, you're familiar with the term intersectionality, but my mom is a lesbian. Um, so I've grown up in, the, um, in that community. And I've experienced uh, that hatred from that aspect of people hating you because of who you love. Um, so far as to, um, you know, we, we literally had to live in a, in a certain apartment complex at one point because everyone that lived there was, uh, was gay, lesbian, or, or something of that nature. Um, and then I have often... Um, even while I was in school, I've often volunteered with, uh, with special needs um, because my grandma was in a wheelchair, so she was a, a paraplegic. I, 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 so again, all of this stuff is not really new to me. Um, I felt like I was probably the only person there that wasn't like freaked out or, um, or anything because I knew how to talk and speak with everybody. Um, I love all of my interactions with Finn. Every time I see him, I, I literally smile. Um, and, you know, I just think that, um, I think people need to interact with each other way more than we do. That way you have an understanding of people. Um, a lot of the, the pushback that all of us receive is because you haven't interacted with someone from that community. So if you haven't interacted with someone from that community, you're going to think that they're weird or that they're forcing some kind of agenda. And, and all it is is people just want to live and want to be seen. And you can do all of those things and you can keep your beliefs and nobody's going to try to change you. The thing that needs to change is that your heart has to be uh, more loving towards people because we are all human beings and everyone deserves love. All right. Well, um, Nick Sweeney, Stacy Reese, uh, Santa Finn Chapara, and Suki Chapara, uh, and Santa Chris, I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation. We're, we're going to turn now to uh, the last Santa, Trans Santa, or Levi Truax. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit of your story, uh, Levi, and uh, what led you to want to be a Santa Claus? Um, originally, my wife was working um, with an organization for parenting and teen moms, um, and they were looking for someone they were familiar with, someone they felt safe with in order to be Santa. And so I volunteered slash was voluntold by my wife that I would be Santa. Um, and that's really how we got started, just um, doing that volunteer event pretty consistently year over year. And then... Um, pairing with organizations in Chicago for LBG, LGBTQI kids um, and 
really we just do volunteer events we don't do any paid events at all um it's just strictly volunteer events and did you identify yourself as trans santa prior to this film was um i self-identified as trans santa um in the um with the first organization the the kids already knew me and so they knew i was trans i've been out and so I didn't label myself as trans Santa um, until I realized that there's a need for the visibility. So you were already labeling yourself prior to this film. I'm just sort of, you know, we meet you that way in the film. And I didn't know if that's, Mm -hmm. that was new with the film or that was really kind of your persona as a Santa. Yeah, I have, um, you know, some social media, TikTok and Instagram where I'm trans Santa um, and then on my personal account, I had hashtagged a couple of photos previously as Trans Santa. So, yeah. How did you get connected to this Santa camp in New Hampshire? Um, really just approached um, through the film in order to participate. Um, Santa Dan reaching out and, you know, looking for a more diverse Santa representation across the country. And so we happened to come up because of the the social media. And so that's kind of how we were approached and how we found out about it. So you and your wife, Heidi, um, show up at this rural New Hampshire uh, retreat for Santa camp with kind of a group of the traditional Santa Clauses, old white guys. What yeah. was <laughs> your reaction on on arriving there? Um, everyone was super welcoming. Um, the camp really created a space of just, you know, being able to learn and ask questions and also hopefully help push them in the right direction as well on some of their verbiage that they use. Um, yeah, I mean, we were, you know, it's joyous and magical, just like you would think, like a bunch of guys that look like Santa hanging around, um, all wearing red, which previous to the camp, I didn't own anything red <laughs> other than my Santa suit. And so, um that's been a little bit of an adjustment is the amount of red that that santa's wear in the off time also <laughs> there you were challenging them and your wife heidi was challenging them because you know there would be sort of instructional sessions about being a traditional mrs claus and that mrs claus was there to support her husband and um your wife did not take that sitting down talk about what happened there Yeah, I think, um, you know, I can't speak for Heidi, but I would say, you know, like the feminist inside her was having a hard time holding it in, you know, holding back from um, her personal feelings and uh, and just, you know, if they want to be a progressive Santa society, that's part of being progressive is understanding that Mrs. Claus's role is is important Um, and she's not just there to take care of Santa. We heard a lot of that, like help him get ready. Like I can get myself ready. (laughs) I think most adult men should be able to get themselves ready. Um, And so just thinking about things like that, that, you know, just hit us a little, a little differently, the kind of overall that it should be a husband and wife. And although Heidi and I are married, we don't think that it needs to be that traditional that like, yeah. Talk about the responses you've gotten as a trans Santa, what 
what that's meant to the people who come to meet with you. Yeah, I think, um, as you see in the film, you know, kids ask me for things that they probably wouldn't normally ask Santa for, right? Like, I think kids in general do ask Santa for grandiose things like world peace and acceptance and, um, you know, for uh, to bring back the death of a loved one or, you know, things like that, that kids ask Santa for. And so Santa camp really helped me prepare for that, those kind of answers or um, questions from kids. And so just through them asking for things like binders and gender affirmation and, you know, having the people they love around them using the proper um, pronouns for them, you know, like, I think that is huge. And it makes me really realize that there's a purpose for what I do. One of the kind of dramatic, most dramatic parts of the film is when the Proud Boys and other right-wing protesters show up to protest you being Santa Claus. Um, what did you, were you aware that that was going on outside the church? Well, you had already, that, that Santa session had already been moved from a church due to threats. I'm curious what goes on in your mind when you're hearing, when you know about that, when you're hearing that that's happening just outside. Um, really for us, yeah, we had heard that, you know, we knew that we had to move the event for safety. Um, we had heard that there is a possibility that they're still going to show up. Um, luckily during the event, event itself, we were very sheltered from it. We had no idea that they were there actually. Um, at one point we did he start hearing like caroling quite loudly in the parking lot. And I think they were masking the, the proud boys and whatever they were, you know, saying. Um, and so for us, for me, for Heidi, it was really about like, are the kids going to be able to have access to the event safely? Are they going to have like knowledge that there is the protest happening, right? Like we didn't want them, we kind of wanted to shelter them from that, right? Like we didn't want them to have to experience anything where they felt at risk at all um, for the kids and the families that showed up. And so luckily we had a good turnout and no incidents occurred. Um, but we can't guarantee that. And that, that's the hard part about it. Mm. We're having this conversation just after yet another attack on LGBTQ people, this one in Colorado Springs. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about what is happening right now for trans people in particular, uh, but LGBTQ plus people in general? I mean, I think we've always experienced hate, right? Like, um, and it's what makes us resilient. It, it's what makes us get louder and push harder, right? Like the more that we feel the pressure from the hate, the more we're just gonna be even more visible and more open. And um, it's just what needs to happen. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> There's not a whole lot I can, you know, say about that, but yeah, I just, it really like for myself, I know, and for Heidi, it just makes us want to be more visible and more out there and just make sure that we're creating safe spaces for people that need it. What do you feel like in this year that the role for a trans Santa, you know, what you hope it can be? 
Um, I mean, I hope similarly to last year that we just have a safe event. Um, the kids are going to be able to show up and be safe and, um, get their picture taken with Santa just so, you know, Heidi and I can spread that magic and that love of Christmas. Cause that's really what it's all about. It's all about that, like spreading joy, acceptance. Um, that's the big deal for us, you know? Um, yeah, I happen to be trans and I think that my visibility helps some kids out there, um, that might need it. But at the end of the day, I'm Santa, I'm there to spread joy and happiness. What does Santa mean to you? Um, it is that magic. It's that just spirit of Christmas for me. Um, I didn't grow up very religious. Um, and so Christmas was all about that Santa experience. Um, and just knowing that, you know, the naughty and nice list and all of that, and like um, just trying to be a good person and spread joy. So that's, that's really about the spirit of Santa. What do you hope that being a part of um, Santa Camp documentary will do? Um, hopefully it'll open some people's eyes that, you know, there's, I don't have an agenda to, you know, make your kids trans or <laughs> whatever. Um, my agenda is purely to spread joy and just be a good person, to be a good human and to treat people with respect and dignity and, um, just spread the love of Christmas. I think, um, sorry, what was the question again that you'd. Oh, just what you hope that being in this film or that this film being out there will accomplish with, you know, not just trans Santa, there's black Santa, there's special needs Santa. Yeah. I think part of that is you can be a clause too. Like if you are into Christmas and you want to spread that cheer, you can be a clause too. My wife and I actually just finished writing a children's book about you can be a clause to our lessons from Santa camp. And so um, just that, like if, if you have the, the joy and the spirit and the kindness, you can be a clause too. That's really what it's about for us. All right. Well, Levi Truax, Trans Santa, I want to thank you for joining us on the Vermont Conversation. Thank you.